Fired Up show starts right now. And Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Fired Up show, our first broadcast of 2022. And uh, in three, two, one, our first broadcast of 2022 and our first opening of the new format of the show where we are now a fully podcast uh, presentation and uh, we will give you information throughout the course of the program on where you can find and download and access our podcast uh, on the all-new WJMS media platform. Uh, so let's let's get it kicked off as we always do with our COVID numbers. Uh, for the beginning of 2022, we're starting out with 55 million cases of the uh, pandemic here in the United States. 826,000 people have succumbed to the illness. 505 million uh, Americans have received at least one dosage of uh, a vaccine. Uh, seven, I'm sorry, 58.2% are fully vaccinated and uh, more are happening each week, which is, as we always say, a good thing. We need to keep that going. Uh, as you know, the Omicron variant uh, has uh, taken off in this country. Over the course of the month, it went from just a few locations, uh, as I can recall, in uh, early December or late November, uh, to now it is just about in every state in the country, and it is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, on the positive side, if you could say that there is a positive side, uh, it appears that uh, preliminarily, at least, research shows that this variant is, uh, I'll say, less powerful. That is, the impacts that uh, people who get infected with the Omicron variant, uh, the hospitalization rate is lower. Uh, the death rate is definitely reduced uh, over the prior two uh, uh, versions of the the virus that went through our country. Um, so I guess if there is a silver lining to this cloud is that it is uh, somewhat less uh, virulent than its predecessors. Uh, that still doesn't mean that it, it doesn't get you sick, still doesn't mean that it is uh, not a fun illness to go through, uh, and it still definitely doesn't mean that we want to uh, slack up, slow down, uh, stop taking all of the safety precautions that we have been talking about uh, here on this channel and, and everywhere else uh, for the last two plus years. So, you know, stay masked up even more so now, um, you know, get your vaccinations. They are effective against all of the known variants of the uh, coronavirus. And once you meet the criteria, which is uh, six months since your uh, completed dosage, uh, you can get a booster shot uh, of the vaccine to restore the the Im the immunization uh, strength uh, that you have. So let's make sure that we're getting all of that done. So with that being done, before we get into uh, the news uh, events that we want to cover and what we want to talk about on today's show, uh, first and foremost, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2022. Here's a, wi a wish from everybody here at Fired Up and from everybody at WJMS Media that uh, each of you have a happy, safe, and prosperous New Year. 
and that everything that you set your mind to accomplish this year uh, comes to fruition for you. Um, personally, I'm not a big person on making resolutions. Generally, I set goals. Uh, I set goals for myself on things to achieve, you know, personally, professionally, etc. So I hope if you have made res uh, resolutions uh, that uh, they come true for you, that you do everything to uh, make sure that that uh, works out for you in a positive way. Or if you've set goals for yourself, you know, do what you need to do to make them happen. You know, small steps, baby steps. A journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Um, want to get into just a couple of things uh, about the show and about uh, the station, WJMS. Uh, as you know, if you've been following us online on our uh, Facebook page, uh, for WJMS uh, and so forth, uh, you've heard mention of you know the changes that are coming. Well, WJMS, and I'm I'm not going to deign to steal any thunder from Ms. CEO uh, Jamie Jams, uh, but we are looking and and working at uh, modifying, upgrading, uh, changing uh, who we are from just a pure uh, quote, radio uh, station to a media-focused uh, entity. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it, it's going to mean a whole lot of things, but for the immediate future, it means that uh, the show content that you're hearing, such as this show here, are all uh, podcast-based now. Uh, so, you know, you're able to acquire, you know, the, the podcasts that we produce here uh, whenever you want. Uh, we have a, a list of stations or, or sources or platforms that we use, uh, including Stitcher, uh, including uh, Spotify, including uh, iTunes, uh, just about your whatever your favorite uh, podcast source is. If you search for WJMS, uh, you will find us there and you will find our content. Uh, and as always, you can go to the WJMS uh, website, which is uh, WJMSradio.com, and you'll see the list under the shows and content. Uh, the links are there. So, you know, definitely, you know, keep up to date, update your links, update your, your sourcing, and stay in touch with everything that's going on here as we transition into a new uh form and format for WJMS. We're all very excited about it, and we think that you will be too. So with that being said, uh, like most uh, media over the past uh, week, two weeks, or whatever, everybody's doing, you know, kind of the retrospective shows. And, you know, while uh, of course, you know, we have we have our retrospective shows and, and things that we've addressed this year. I wanted to take a slightly different approach to it and not just talk about the news stories that uh, were covered by, you know, the mainstream media, which we did pay attention to and we did talk about over the course of the year in this show. Um, and, and I have, you know, uh, some lists that have been compiled uh, kind of the top 10 uh, stories that happened in 2021. And, you know, we'll, we'll run down the list and, and kind of give a high 
altitude view of them. But I really wanted to contrast that with kind of what we talked about on this show. Uh, because what, what you'll find is that, you know, on my show, like I said, I, I do engage with the issues of the day. I do uh, discuss the, the, you know, the big stories that all of the, the major media outlets, and I'm doing air quotes around major media, um, you know, what they have, have covered over the course of, of each week. But I also uh, have gone in and, and dove into some stories that you, you wouldn't have found on the air quotes. Again, major media stations that they did not give uh, any notice to, or if they did, only gave, you know, a very fleeting uh, coverage of what you'll find. And, and if you've been a listener to this show for any length of time, this is not news to you, no pun intended, um, that we cover the political issues. We, co- we cover the political machine. We don't talk necessarily or focus necessarily on the politicians uh, that's the other guy's jobs. That's what they do. Uh, what I talk about here is I talk about how the political system uh, is affecting you and me and you know the, the average uh, American citizen uh, here in this country. So while you may hear uh, a little of this on a you know Fox News or on a um, One America Network, you know CNN, MSNBC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you'll hear a lot more of it coming out of uh, this broadcast and out of this station. And that's not going to stop uh, as we move into this new year and our, our new format. Uh, if anything else, it is going to get deeper. Uh, I am actively looking at uh, the process of bringing uh, additional people in for interviews, changing up the format of how we do this show. Uh, and, you know, basically, uh, we've, we've spent the first two years of broadcast um, kind of honing the message, kind of getting you used to what you will hear uh, when you listen to Fired Up. And now we're going to take it uh, to a- another level and bring some additional thoughts and additional voices uh, to the platform. Uh, Hopefully we'll start to see that soon. I am actually and actively out looking for, you know, additional people to bring in to interview. Uh, If if you are interested, uh, I will post information on it to the Facebook page, which is Fired Up Radio. Uh, And under Facebook.com, you can search us out there. And uh, we'll we'll definitely look to you know hook up and and do a show. So, all right, um, let's look at the top ten things that were kind of reported in the mainstream media, and kind of representing the mainstream. Um, we get kind of the very very center of the road um, NPR National Public Radio which polled out uh, to its listeners for the top political stories in 2021. And they had more than a thousand people respond. Uh, the number 10 story, uh, obviously, well, not obviously, but the number of 10, the number 10 story was the uh, U.S. troop withdrawal from Afghanistan. 
Um, you know, as I said, uh, the United States ended uh, almost 20 years of war, of ground war in Afghanistan uh, at the end of uh, last year. And, you know, basically there is no U.S. presence, uh, military presence, uh, other than some advisors and, and you know, clerical and, and so forth. But there are no active military fighting personnel, no fighting going on on the ground uh, with U.S. forces there. Um, so, you know, the, the Taliban has now taken full control of the country. And as we've learned over the past few weeks, uh, there is a lot of um, misery and pain uh, going on in that country. Uh, the Taliban apparently are not up to the task of governing uh, the, the, uh, the country of Af Afghanistan uh, as well as they were fighting on it. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep post on that, but the U.S. is now currently uh, not fighting in any major active ground war anywhere in the world. Uh, and while many people have thought that, you know, a different approach should have been taken with Afghanistan, I think many more people are in agreement that, you know, the end to violence was long overdue. So uh, the number nine story that uh, the listeners uh, listed were lumped under the category of extreme weather events. And, you know, those include floods, tornadoes, fires, drought, um, you know, the, the storms that we have seen and the events that we have uh, witnessed with regard to climate and, and so forth have uh, lended a lot of strength to the arguments around climate change in this country. But, you know, still the, those that deny uh, the effects of man's influence on the planet in terms of the changing climate still remains a heated debate that's going on uh, in this country and around the world. And it's something that, you know, we are going to continue to need to deal with uh, as time goes on. Number eight, the uh, number eight uh, most important topic, according to listeners from NPR, was the rise of the far right uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, and it just cites the uh, Trump wing of the Republican Party uh, continue to assert uh, power and influence, uh, generally led by brash and controversial far-right voices, uh, many of which have been in the, the news recently. Uh, the, the poll listed Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert of Colorado, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy, um, and uh, you know, Representative Gosar, you know, a bunch of people who ha have become sort of the spokespersons for the far right. Uh, it should be noted that uh, I saw a, not a notification come across uh, my desk at the time I started recording that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, uh, Internet access, specifically her Twitter account, has been uh, banned due to violation of their uh, information policies. So, you know, another of the uh, warriors on the right um, have had their, at least some of their internet 
accountability uh, or, or accessibility, better word, uh, taken away. Uh, number seven, uh, large story of 2021 was the inauguration of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, as the article states, these were, you know, it, what some people are seeing as kind of knee-jerk reactions to the uh, elect to the Donald Trump administration and his handling of the COVID uh, crisis and other things. Um, and, you know, that people just had enough, had gotten, you know, maybe fed up or whatever, and, you know, voted in a change. Uh, this has frequently happened over the course of, of U.S. history. Uh, I can recall the reactions that we had when President Jimmy Carter was in office and the hostage situation in Iran and his handling of it uh, definitely uh, led to him being a one-term president. So, I mean, it, it is not unusual for the American people uh, to elect an official uh, and if they find them, you know, wanting, uh, basically get rid of them in the following election. The next uh, story that came up, obviously, uh, the January 6th uh, incident and investigation. Uh, obviously, we are still in the midst of this and we are still gathering information, hearing testimony, seeing reports and all of that. But this was, you know, obviously a very important story for the year. And, you know, it, it continues to drive a lot of political discussion in this country uh, on, on both sides, both pro and con. Uh, it continues to have impacts on political leaderships uh, at the federal and state levels. And uh, it's likely that uh, this will continue up to and through the upcoming um, midterm elections which will be coming up uh, later on this year. Uh, number five, Trump's continued lies about the election. And again, this survey came from National Public Radio, uh, which uh, although they, they, they do try and be a fair and balanced coverage uh, and do try and, and travel down the middle of the political road, uh, sometimes they do drift a little bit left or a little bit right uh, but overall, uh, NPR is a pretty, a pretty solid source to get information from, or at least to get one version of information from, um, you know, and the, the, like the insurrection story, um, Trump and, and his, his loyal supporters or his loyalist supporters, uh, continue to state that, uh, the election was stolen from him that it was not a legitimate election, that there was election fraud. Um, even as we now move beyond a year since the election was concluded, uh, with all of the lawsuits that have been filed and, and lost, with all of the money that's been spent investigating and uh, you know, trying to find or seek answers to questions that aren't there, um, we still are, are dealing with the uh, so-called, again, air quotes, big lie. Uh, the number four story, uh, new and restrictive voting laws. And I, I will agree with this one. We have talked about this uh, among our coverage uh, fairly extensively across this, this year and, and beyond this year. 
Um, you know, we we were talking about this in uh, 2018 and 2019. Uh, we were talking about this in 2020 uh, and 2021. Um, the the laws that are being enacted both at the federal level and the state level, the changes to laws, the elements of voter protection and uh, such laws that have been uh, eliminated or greatly reduced have been a subject that we have talked about here uh, quite frequently and obviously is one of a large amount of concern by the voters in this country. Uh, the number three issue, uh, the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. As I was just talking about, we're now at, I'm sorry, 826,000 Americans which have died from COVID-19. Um, you know, it, it has been the centerpiece of the, the campaign of President Joe Biden. It has been one of his primary focuses uh, through his first 11 months in office. And, you know, even though it is still an ongoing crisis, he has led a, a concerted and solid effort at bringing that, uh, that pandemic under uh, check, if not control. Uh, following up with, with, you know, respect to uh, the prior administration, you know, move the vaccines forward at a very fast pace and deserve the credit for that. Um, but the Biden administration has picked up that ball and has, has advanced it down the field. So we'll continue to keep track on that. As we do on this show each week, we report the number of cases and, and outstanding news. Uh, the number two uh, item that NPR reported as a top story uh, or a top story theme in 2021 was abortion restrictions and court battles. Um, you know, the Supreme Court uh, decision that made uh, abortion legal in this country, uh, right now that, that decision, collectively known as, as Roe v. Wade, although there are some other cases uh, bundled into that whole package, um, that that package uh, appears to be in jeopardy, mostly as a result of uh, former President Donald Trump's appointment of three conservative-leaning justices um, has meant that the high court took steps to get, uh, I'm sorry, to gut Roe v. Wade. Uh, it, while, you know, depending on who you, who you talk to, some people are saying that Roe v. Wade is going to be 100% overturned. It is more likely, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but it is more likely that there will be uh, enough restrictions and setbacks to portions of the law to essentially make it unenforceable while still, quote, law of the land, close quote. It will uh, basically be a law that uh, is, is you know, meaningless uh, in, in its effect. So, you know, we keep, we keep watch. We, we look at what the Supreme Court is telling us and, and what the messaging is that's coming out of Washington and so forth. And last but not least, uh, the number one story uh, that has sat 
as the overarching story of the year is the insurrection on January 6th at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, and, and as the article says, there's no shock there. Um, you know, the, the idea that a mob of people um, broke into the seat of our government uh, were roaming through the halls, actively searching for legislators to interfere, stop, and perhaps harm uh, you know, selected members in order to, to uh, render the 2020 election um, you know, null and void uh, is something that we have been discussing and watching transpo- transpire over the entire course of this year. We are, uh, at the time of this recording, we are um, just about uh, a handful of days away from the anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. Um, there is a, a reasonable concern that there may be a revisiting of the, the protests and demonstrations, hopefully not the violence and the destruction, but you know, it, it, it may turn out to be a day of protests uh, that occur. So those are the, the, the top 10 stories that the mainstream uh, news outlets uh, as represented by National Public Radio. Again, you know, I, I researched around in all of the major uh, media sources uh, that, that I check into had these stories in some order or sequence or another. Uh, so, you know, this, this is a representation of uh, what that is. So we're going to take our break here. Uh, I do want to continue kind of going through what happened last year, but now I do want to move over and contrast uh, what we talked about here on Fired Up as compared to what mainstream media was talking about. And while there are some parallels and some common threads, there are a lot of things that we talked about that uh, did not receive a, a high level of attention in the mainstream media. So we'll take our break here. Uh, thank you for listening to the Fired Up show, and we'll be right back after the break. for Fired Up right here on the WJMS Media Podcast Network. 
And we're going to move from our first segment where we were talking about some of the national stories that were uh, most covered in 2021. We're going to talk about some of the things that we talked about here on this show. And as I said in the first segment, while many of the subjects that we covered here uh, were being covered by other media sources out there, uh, we like to pride ourselves in that we you know, go after angles in the story that they don't because we're looking at where our political system is working against us uh, or you know, where it's working for us. But what we tend to see is the things that, that we're finding are elements that uh, definitely are not in favor of the average uh, you know, Joe or Jane voter here in this country. And so, you know, in, in looking at the subjects that we talked about in this past year, one of the things that that I see and, it, and it, it's interesting to me as well um, is the number of times certain subjects seem to circle back around uh, where in mainstream media, it seems that they are, you know, one you know, big flurry on coverage of the story. And then it's on to the next uh, thing that has everybody uh, all, you know, a, a, a fluster. Um, <laughs> so, you know, obviously, as I look down the list of, of uh, stories that we covered through the year 2021, um, clearly uh, it, it is interesting that the number of times certain subjects came up uh weren't as many as you might have thought. Now, qualify that with, you know, I'm not a major media corporation. I don't have, you know, teams of reporters and people out there researching and doing that. Um, basically, it's just me and my little old setup here uh, in, in my studio. But uh, one of the things that, you know, this show is is focused on is the things that impact you know the everyday voter so you know for example um, while we did talk about the uh, COVID crisis here in this country I mean you can't go a day without talking about it in some shape or form um, what we talked about is how the response to COVID how COVID is impacting the everyday function of our our uh, our government and our businesses and our schools, uh, as well as its impact on our people. So you know the stories that we talked about focused a lot more on uh, things like you know the crisis of care that we see. Uh, a lot more coverage from our show on uh, you know COVID. Uh, and, and the change that it has had on how we do everyday things, you know, in this country, you know, as, you know, beyond just just uh, homeschooling and remote work, COVID has changed how we shop for groceries. COVID has changed how uh, we, you know, take care of our families, uh, you know, how people you know, interact with one another at home uh, or for those that are, you know, still working in an office, 
you know, what has that changed? You know, how has that impacted uh, the everyday process of doing business? Uh, those were the areas that, you know, this show tended to identify and tended to, to dig into. Um, and, you know, out of the, uh, I don't know, 60 or so subjects that we covered over the course of a year. Rem reminder that, you know, we, we do a weekly show, so it's one show a week. Um, you know, we had uh, uh, five or six shows dedicated to COVID. Now, you know, obviously, uh, just as you heard in this episode, every episode we start off with a recap of where we are in terms of the number of COVID cases and the number of fatalities and so forth. But, you know, we oftentimes uh, will move from that into more purely political news and, you know, don't touch on, you know, some of the, the more detailed or nuanced uh, elements of the COVID pandemic in this country, because frankly, it is being covered wall to wall and top to bottom by all the other media sources. And, you know, if if I'm not able to bring some new perspective to it, other than what you're getting from other sources, um, I'm going to focus my time, my energy, and you know my my broadcast time on covering other things that are not getting the attention. For example, um, we've had a lot of shows where we talked about the ins and outs and the issues revolving around redistricting. Now you you've heard about some things with redistricting in the mainstream media, but we went into the actual look at how it, it affects uh, people down to the local level. So when your congressional district is, is rewritten, as it is every 10 years, as we are going through right now, uh, it is more than just uh, the, the person who is your elected official in Congress that changes. What has occurred over the last um, couple couple of decades is redistricting has become weaponized as a way to ensure continued power by one political group or the other. And as we've said on this show many, many times, it is not just limited to Republicans, even though Republicans are in control of the majority of the state houses and, um, you know, chambers of state government in this country. Democrats, uh, where they control, they are doing the same thing. So what we have tried to do here is to paint redistricting for what it is, a tool of propagating uh, continued political uh, excess in power. So, you know, what the, the net result is that a particular political party, which may be underrepresented in terms of the number of people that affiliate with that party compared to other parties, but yet, because of the way the districts are drawn, they have an outsized influence and actually more political party power rather um, than they, they should if it was purely done on a numbers basis. Um, and you know we've, we've talked about this uh, a few times that you know, the, the Republicans are, you know, 28 or 29% of the population, but they have 50% uh, 
uh, of the uh, elected Senate seats, and they have uh, you know forty six percent of the uh, elected congressional seats. The numbers don't match up. You know, if it is supposed to be one person, one vote, then the numbers of the elected officials in Congress, particularly in the House of Representatives, should parallel the population breakdowns in the territories that are being governed. That's just, you know, basic logic. That's not the way it, it, it exists here in this country. Because of gerrymandering, because that the party in power is able to consolidate uh, political strength the, by the way they draw the political districts, you end up with uh, an outsized or an oversized representation of a smaller number of political people or you know politi- politically registered people uh, in an area. And this is, this is what we have seen happen. This is what has been going on for decades and decades here in this country. And, you know, it is starting, we're starting to see that the, the upshot and the impact of this is more and more being felt. And it's being felt through another topic that we talked about quite a bit here. Um, you know, voter disenfranchisement, um, you know, and, um, uh, you know, voter empowerment or lack of empowerment uh, in this country. Uh, one of the things that redistricting along with, uh, you know, some of the other tactics that have been used by political parties over the years is to disenfranchise and reduce the voting impact of people who are, in fact, a numerical majority. Um, there are in this country the Democrats, uh, in conjunction with independent voters who lean Democratic, outnumber Republican voters um, by nearly two to one. And yet the, the elected results uh, at the federal level are nearly you know, 50-50. So uh, again, an outsized and over-established uh, representation based on pure numbers. And we talked about that uh, about uh, nearly 10 times over the course of the year. Um, we talked about the, um, the efforts being made to uh, overturn elections, the efforts uh, that, that were being in, you know, put in play by you know, primarily Republicans to basically convey a message of a fraudulent election when the results of at least 60 lawsuits that were brought and the investigations that were held in support of those lawsuits showed that there was, you know, no outsize or no large scale voter fraud or criminality uh, that occurred with the the national election in 2020. Now, there's always some, you know, some cheating. You know, a you can go back, uh, search the news articles going back, you know, decades, and you'll see that every national election there are you know some minute number of 
votes that were questioned, votes that were falsely filed, votes that were filed uh, or, or were submitted in error. Uh, people voted in the wrong districts, you know, and, you know, people uh, voted for people who had had deceased. I think I saw an, art, an article or a story uh, pop up in the news where there was uh, a, a couple of thousand um, votes that have been reported filed on behalf of people who, you know, who were deceased uh, in in 2021. And, you know, all of a sudden there's huge outrage well there they, they pe- dead people are filing votes happens every year you know there are people who you know vote uh elect not electronically absentee ballot they mail in their ballot and then for whatever unfortunate reason they pass away before election day uh whether it's you know they mail in their ballot their ballot and invo- are involved in a fatal car accident there are people who have mailed in ballots um, and, you know, have been hospitalized. There are people who have mailed in ballots and have died from COVID. So, you know, the fact that there are people who have passed away, who have cast ballots after the fact of their death is not unusual. It is also not a significant um, number, and it is definitely not something that can turn, turn over an election. Um, remember, keep this in perspective. Both sides, Democrat and Republican, the vote tallies were in excess of 165 million votes were cast. Okay, and if if they're arguing that the basis of you know 2,000 or 3,000 ballots that were filed after the person who cast the ballot had passed away is reason to overturn that vote. Um, statistically and mathematically, that doesn't add up. All right, there, you know, there are just not enough. There would have to be hundreds of thousands of these ballots. And, you know, that has not been found. That has not been proven. Um, so, you know, and in, in what we've seen is uh, a, a very outsized response to this voter fraud issue, um, you know, drumbeat after drumbeat of how the election was quote stolen, uh, was fraudulent, and so forth. When there has been no substantive, significant evidence brought forward to prove it. All right, if if you have the the de facto proof of substantial voter, you know, vote improprieties, then by all means, bring it forward. We, we want to know. Um, so we haven't seen that. It's been a year. Um, you know, you have the right to, to your opinions, to your beliefs, but in, in truth, folks out there, I think you're coming to the point where you just gotta, you gotta let it go. Um, so, (laughs) We also did cover and we spent some time talking about the laws in Texas and the laws in Florida and uh, Mississippi in particular that uh, would impact a woman's right to choose in terms of uh, getting an abortion. Uh, That is still an ongoing subject. Uh, It is, you know, 
headed and is being heard in the Supreme Court. We expect possibly to see an answer uh, sometime very late this year or, you know, after the after the new year. Uh, the Supreme Court is a very considered body and it is not uh, it is not typically handling, you know, cases of that magnitude in a few weeks. It has been known to take as long as a year for a case to, you know, come to resolution through the the Supreme Court. Um, so we will stay on top and keep you informed of the the progression of those. But there are cases in front of the, the highest court that may impact Roe v. Wade and, and its related uh, laws going forward, as I mentioned in the first segment. Um, so, you know, redistricting, um, there are a couple of, couple of times we have found things that didn't make it uh, into the mainstream media, but which possibly and rightly should have. Uh, for example, there was a recent story, and we just covered this a few weeks ago, um, of legislation that was filed to uh, to make the crime of hitting a protester and with a car and killing them to uh, basically uh, make that no longer illegal. Uh, we we talked about this. Uh, it was a couple of episodes ago. And, you know, basically it, it says that, you know, if a person is engaged in a protest and, you know, for whatever reason uh, they end up getting struck by you in your car and die, that the the police cannot charge you with their death if they are actively engaged in a protest on a public street and essentially blocking um, blocking passage through the street. Um, so, you know, just another case of some strange laws that that we find here on this show, um, you know, and and go <laughs> dive into them and so forth. Uh, we talked a lot about the infrastructure bills. Uh, that were going through that uh, President Biden was filing. Uh, we talked about the pros and cons uh, of what is an infrastructure bill, what's contained in the bills that were being considered in the House and Senate, uh, you know, where the votes were or weren't. And as we've seen uh, with the uh, response of Senator Joe Manchin uh, saying a flat no, uh, we're not sure where the second infrastructure bill lies, what's going to happen with it. Uh, it? It is likely that a form of that bill will pass, uh, will you know go through, but it is not going to happen uh, you know in in short order. It is probably uh, going to come sometime close to the midterms. And this goes to something I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, you know, I would not be surprised to see that bill uh, resurface in the Senate with some significant but not overwhelming changes, but a much larger sense of urgency 
uh, as we get closer and closer to the midterms. And, you know, you, you, you don't have to be a, a you know, political genius to figure out why that might be the case. Um, the, the pressure of, you know, the composition of the House and Senate uh, would make that bill much more appealing to both sides from either a support or a shoot it down point of view uh, simply because the the house may or may not change hands and the senate may or may not change hands at the midterm and uh you know it's going to be a whole different ball game you know in january of 2023 so you know and and that's not unusual history has shown that the party in power typically loses about 40 seats in the house and uh 15 or 16 as many as or uh you know seven or eight seats in the senate uh either of which are enough to flip control of those two bodies from democrat to republican uh, we saw this happen in 2010 with the obama administration uh, we saw it happen with the Trump administration as well. Even though Trump won the White House, there was substantial gains uh, by Democrats in um, congressional and Senate seats uh, uh, that went along with it. Um, so, you know, it, it is it is all a game, as as we say here many times. Uh, you will see the nature of this game escalate. As we get closer and closer, as we start to move into the spring and early summer and the midterm battles start shaping up, uh, the, the games that are being played uh, at the political level are going to get much more intense, uh, much more, uh, uh, I don't want to say subtle, but they're, they're going to get nuanced a little more. Uh, a lot of things are going to hinge on their impacts on uh, retaining and keeping seats in play uh, in the House and in the Senate, uh, as well as at the state level. There are a number of governor's races that are going to hinge on what happens with some of these national bills. There are uh, a number of local state legislator uh, seats that are going to be you know, up for grabs and engaged as a result of the upcoming uh, reviews of these pieces of legislation. So, you know, it, the, the bottom line, at the end of the day, it comes down to the one thing that we always say on this show. And we'll, we'll go through that and then we'll wrap, we'll wrap up and, and close up uh, this show. And that is simply this. It is our responsibility as voters, yours and mine. Uh, it is our responsibility to be informed, to be educated, and to understand how the laws that are being created, debated, uh, voted on, and passed or not passed, how they impact us on a daily basis. Uh, we cannot just assume that our elected officials have our best interests at heart. I think the last you know, 20 years at least have shown us the fallacy of that thought. Um, we have to engage with our elected officials. There's no other way around it. 
each of us needs to be aware. Each of us needs to be educated. We need to, as we always say, dig wider and dig deeper. We need to find out the details and facts behind the messages, the Facebook posts, the tweets, and, and so forth. So that's the mission of this show, uh, and that will continue. And in fact, as I said, with changes that we have coming to the show, uh, it will get even better. One of the, the immediate changes that you will start to see is a much more expanded use of our social media platforms. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Uh, we will start to uh, include posting on other uh, platforms. The beauty of the WJMS Media platform machine is that our show will automatically now be posted to Spotify, to uh, Stitcher, to other podcast sources, uh, along with the other shows from, from WJMS. So our exposure and our, our experience uh, exposure to you will grow as well. And that also means that uh, I really will continue to strive to encourage you to communicate with us, uh, reach out to us through any of the social media channels that you see the show on. They all have response channels there. And as always, you can always send an email to the show at firedupradio at yahoo.com. That is our show email address, uh, and I monitor that at all times. So I look forward to an opportunity to talk to you all. With that being said, once again, I hope everybody has a safe and prosperous and healthy 2022. Uh, happy New Year. Happy Holidays. And as always, I look forward to talking to all of you again uh, not only in seven days, but at any time you want, because our podcasts are available 24-7, 365. Take care, everybody. This is Steve. You're listening to Fire It Up right here on WJMS Media. We got great things to come, and I hope that you will stay with us and experience it with us. Take care, everybody. <laughs>